Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, are you prepared to risk your life playing children's games for billions of won? If so, join us as we discuss the Netflix series Squid Game. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. Woo. Woo! So we're kind of late to the party. Late, late, yeah. really late to this one. Um, we it was on the schedule for a while, and then we we had to do other stuff, and so it got pushed back. And but, now it's on the new season. But but, but you know there yeah there's a new season. Well, they're they're making it. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we'll discuss why they're making a new season uh, mm. later on. <laughs> this came out in 2021. Squid Game was the talk of the town. Yes. In like early September. It was made specifically for Netflix. Like it was picked up by them by their uh their quote unquote Asia like um what is it called? Branch. Like branch. branch, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get into the production real quick before mm-hmm. we get into the analysis. This is created, written, directed by Huang Dong Hyuk, specifically for Netflix, who took interest back in twenty nineteen. But the story itself was oh. written very long time ago. Two thousand nine. Yeah. And he had, to, he had to shelve it because nobody was interested. They it's said surprising it was, to me, too, that this good of a script was rejected multiple times. He brought it to numerous people, and every single one of them was like, sorry, too violent, too gory, and it's not relatable. I guess at this point in society, we don't really care. So it's like the morality is so low. We're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll see 400 people die. <laughs> I'm sure he was convinced that the pandemic had a lot to do with people's interest in it oh absolutely and our deteriorating economy worldwide <laughs> yeah um so this is now netflix's most watched series with 1.6 billion viewings viewing hours viewing hours viewing hours which means that th- like that's how much time people spent watching it within the first four weeks since it launched like oh, so like God. when it launched the first four weeks it was out it it amassed that much viewing hours which is insane like, that's actually crazy so it's like they got a uh, viewership in the millions like when it was the first few episodes and then by the time the ninth episode rolled around it was like hundreds of millions of people viewing it also i blame tiktok for its viral output yes you just got justine you mentioned it before right like there was trends coming back around again because of the music yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this one wasn't exactly coming back around again, but it was definitely put on a huge platform as right. soon as it came out because they had some really interesting music throughout this. You have the sort of like death chant that they you hear a lot. You hear it in that one DJ song. You know, the cover that was done at EDC. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That song was blowing up everywhere. That's actually how I kind of started to see more about Squid Games because then they would have some sort of trend attached to that sound. And I was like, oh, this kind of bops. But what is this sample in the beginning? And then right. I came upon Squid Games and it kind of blew up from there. More and more people were starting to do the trends. More and more people were talking about it. Because everyone and their mother saw this series. It's now like a cultural icon within America now. Yeah. Um, people uh, were like rushing to get squid game costumes for for halloween dope costume for halloween it's honestly. so simple too the, and the merchandising the yeah. merchandising for squid game is insane there was so <laughs> many t-shirts and yeah people jumped on it backpacks we, we went to a smoke shop and didn't they have like a, a squid game theme like like they did. like a shadow box or something yeah a little box you open up where you store everything little oh staff yeah box. i remember that place <laughs> that was cool <laughs> 
Um, so I'll get right into the rest. This series received a bunch of numerous accolades, including the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor, Series or Miniseries, or Television Film, and for Oh Young Soo's performance in four nominations he got at the 28th Screen Actors Guild Awards, including the outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series. So a lot of people really liked it, and it got accolades from like the higher ups in the industry yep and you can't not make a second season after the success of this show which is why netflix is like of course we're gonna make a second season oh absolutely um although whether it's gonna be good or not we'll discuss more later whether or not this needs a second season (laughs) critically or not is uh that's up to me. We're going to go into the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Netflix has got to get approval. <laughs> yeah, uh, from me specifically. We're going to go into the actors real quick. Uh, I apologize if my Korean is bad. Uh, we got Lee Jung-jae playing Sung Gi-hyun. He is our main character playing 456. Basically, the eyes that we are basically seeing all of this action take place through. We have his friend... Played by Park Hae-su. His as, friend. Quote, unquote. <laughs> as Cho Sang-woo, player 218. A character that is a multi-billion dollar kind of conglomerate, but on bad times due to bad stock exchanges. Other than that, we have, I swear to God, this guy was a K-pop artist. I, I, I don't know if he's... <laughs> he's the prettiest man I've ever seen. <laughs> he's, they're all gorgeous. They are. Yeah. Literally all the dudes in K-dramas are just like, wow, you're a pretty man. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Have, <laughs> they uh, selected you. Yeah, literally. We have Wee Han Jun, the police officer, Huang Jun Ho. Basically, the police officer that is on their own rogue mission to figure out what is going on with all these people disappearing. Also looking for his brother who also w- What a great subplot to the whole, like the regular story. Mm-hmm. It was great following him sneak in and everything. Yeah, I, I liked never guessed the surprise ending to oh, that Oh, yeah, story we're going to get into that. <laughs> uh, then, we, then rounding off our main cast, we have Ho Young Jung playing Kang Si Byuk. She's player 067. She's like the Ruth. The official show heartthrob for just about everybody who she's watched got, it. She's got like. <laughs> Love the, her. She's got the, the short haircut and she's like super brutal and just like tough. I'm pretty sure tough. she had a career in the modeling industry yes. first before she got into acting as well. Yeah. Um, she was, I think, in New York when they called on her yeah. to, to be in the series. Um specifically because of her look and she had i don't think she had ever been in anything before so this might well, be she did a really you. good job in my opinion um she sent in a tape to mm. to um uh audition for the role and the director was like yep that's it we gotta get her and <laughs> like did everything he could to get her over to film and that was pretty dope because she had just finished like a, a modeling tour we have a couple more characters to round out the cast we have uh Oh Young Soo, who plays Il Nam, the old man who is a zero zero one as his player number. Mm, what we, a we, piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> we learned this some guy. things about Il Nam. You we'll know, I kind of love that old man, though. Oh, man. Yeah, he's very sweet. He's playing the long con. He has a tumor. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> up to no good. Has a tumor in his brain, so he kind of seems like he has a little bit of dementia. Right. But we'll get into that. Um, then we have Hey Hey Sung Tai as Jang Duk Soo. He's the big, burly, gangster-looking guy with that a tattoo asshole. on his face. God, dude. I love I, how evil this guy is. 
Yeah, honestly, I love to hate him. Yeah, he's one of those <laughs> characters you really love to hate him. I don't know if he was as hateable as, like, say, like your Joffrey from Game of Thrones, but like you definitely, yeah, definitely fucking not. hated his character. <laughs> At some points, you kind of feel for him too. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Which I, yeah. Well, and then everyone's favorite Anupan Tripathi as Ali Abdul. The nicest dude ever. The nicest Pakistani man ever. (laughs) He deserved better. He did. Oh my God, dude. That, that. Kim Joo Young as Hyun Min Yo. She basically is the loud and manipulative woman. The one that basically screams. I loved her too. She's wild. She's great. She has a lot of energy. Yeah, really though. And then uh, that's basically it. Except a couple other players. We have like the doctor. We have the everyone else who has like sort of subplots that don't really get explored yeah too you much. also got to mention the recruiter oh uh, yes the the, the guy <laughs> the guy, the guy, who, play, just the guy who plays that child's game with them which is actually really fucking difficult like trying to you have to like smack the other player's <laughs> thing and flip it in order to win but if you lose he gets to smack the shit out of you <laughs> Well, that's what he said. And he wasn't holding back no. either. <laughs> oh my God. I love how many memes spawn from that where people are like, damn, I wish that was me. <laughs> Just the dude smacking them. It was so funny. I'm trying to find the uh, front man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was great. That's really kind of it. The rest of them are just going to be extra players who show up As well as the front man. Yeah, the front man, the guy who uh, is kind of running the quote-unquote show. And the VIPs. And then all the oh, VIPs. Yeah. But, They're okay. gross. So the, they uh, are, so really. Gross. They're all just really... They made them the grossest people. Uh, They're just gross. <laughs> I don't know. Their uh, mannerisms, how they talk, all of that. Even. So the last uh, character, I'll say that. The front man is played by... B- Lee Byung Hun, and he plays Hong In Ho, and if you remember, that is relevant later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's production. Basically, this was in production for a long time. They finally got it made, and Netflix ate it up. Yeah, so he actually he wasn't like actively looking for people for a long time. He tried for like a year to get it uh, produced, and nobody would take it, so he shelved it and kept it with him. And then when the Asia branch became larger. He approached them with the scripts 10 years later and they were like, this is great. It's exactly what we're looking for. And it's like almost immediately greenlit it and then started production. And it turned out it was a great fucking call for that person. I'm pretty sure that guy got promoted like immediately after that (laughs) and and is now running like I think the branch in Asia to find other stuff like. Oh, you found Squid Game. Yeah. Here, here, man. How much hair? Literally. Yeah. They were like, you fucking do it. Um, So. I wanted to ask you guys, what are like your initial thoughts? How well did this show draw you in? Because it has a really good first episode. The episode where we're with our main character, yeah, like, gambling with uh, what gambling. little money he has. Yeah, you get to you get to see the main character. You get to see just like he's kind of an asshole. Like he really is just like gambling away all he the money. He has he's got. a gambling addiction, right? Which has interrupted his relationship with his family, aka his daughter. And- <laughs> whatever relationship he has left with his wife but well, that definitely ties wife. into the wife he probably went into this game because it's sort of the ultimate gamble i mean he didn't realize he'd be gambling with his life literally but he knew that there's a chance to win a lot of money if he went to this strange mysterious place from the strange mysterious man that's been slapping him the whole time i mean who in their right mind would do that except an addict uh, what I what I thought was really strong about the first episode is that he does actually win in the horse races. 
Mm-hmm. And even then, he's about to blow his money off before a gang of like crooks come after him. They're like, hey, man, you owe us money. We know you had it. And he gets uh, his money stolen from another person that he helped out, who we later see as 067. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even signs a contract in blood saying that he'll pay them back. Yeah, which yeah, is kind of wild. Gnarly. <laughs> they like break his nose and they're like, I don't have a pen. And they're like, you, you got this, bro, right here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Damn. Um, I felt like the intrigue was there. You don't actually get to know about the game until you've really emotionally been attached to this character, which is like you get to see just how down on his luck he is. And this is going to be a recurring thing you see throughout the whole story is that like pretty much every single person who shows up there is like having the worst time of their life. And then it gets worse <laughs> by being a part of this game. Uh, I don't think we're introduced to any real characters other than the him and the girl in the first episode. But we basically get to see the downward spiral of why he decides to talk to the, the guy with the, the square game. So so almost immediately then we're introduced to what we're all familiar with, which is the classism that happens either in Korea or here in the United States and kind of like the difference, how the rich are living compared to the rest of the people who are just poor and like living paycheck to paycheck. So like what what do you think it was starting to say about basically capitalism and like the things you're willing to do under whatever you're living and just to get just to get by? I mean it it does kind of the same thing that parasite does right like like very really similarly where it's just you know people will do like the the privilege of morality yes you know <laughs> like that entire thing like where where the people that are in good standing like you know financially and in, in in wealth and whatnot don't have to can afford to be you know charitable and they can afford to be good to people and things like that. And then there's like another, you know, part of the population that can't afford to do that. So then they have to steal, they have to be sneaky, they have to lie mm-hmm. just to get to a piece of what those financially powerful have to do. They are essentially having to play a game that they can't win. It's not designed for you to win. And that's sort mm-hmm. of the way the squid game played out. Is it's not designed for you to win. It's designed to kill you. That's interesting because at the beginning you are kind of convinced that like they do have an equal chance of winning because of the rules that get set out by but, the by the game leader, but then it gets kind of taken apart at the end when you realize that it's all for the entertainment of a few VIPs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I just believe that uh, a lot of those people that were joining the game, due to their circumstances, they they probably are okay with killing people. Yeah, probably well, <laughs> are okay with yeah. lying and cheating and stealing. I mean. How much they money have to would survive. it take for you to kill somebody and know that you could get away with it? Yeah. How much would someone have to pay you? Question for everybody, actually. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> part of, of course, part of the conversation that we're going to have to discuss is, would you join a game like this? Mm-hmm. And what would like, what kind of situation do you have to be in for you to join something like this? Not knowing anything. They're literally going to put you to sleep, take you some random location. Some island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You don't know where you're at. You don't have any of your stuff. You have to participate in a game. You don't know the rules. And then this is all for some cash to win. Like, you have to be pretty desperate, I think. I feel like I would do it personally, like, because game shows are fun. And, like, <laughs> they, they don't, the they thing don't is, tell you the danger. They right? don't yeah. tell you the danger. So it's like, obviously, we're going to go in and see what it's like. If people get eliminated, they get eliminated. So when that actual reveal happens that your life is on the line, I think I'd be one of those people to 
press the button on the vote to not come back. Right. So I would join, but then change my opinion afterwards. Yeah. So this is what really convinced me that they were having sort of an equal shot, right? That they were able to go and leave if they all vote it. But it's like, it turns out that the vote is kind of like a farce. Like they ended up doing it just to get the real people who wanted to be in the game and like kind of call out whoever didn't want to participate anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the old man goes and finds the main dude like himself, which is even more fucked when you find out that like he is the center, like one of the orchestrators of the whole thing. He's pretty much the guy who's funded the entire operation for the many years. It's been in existence for shits and giggles too. Like he was really doing it just for fun. He, I think he said in the end is that he just didn't really find joy in doing anything else except for this. This is the one thing that brought him joy and, this game has been going around since 86. Right. And we find that out due to the police re- or the records in, in their file cabinet. Right. Um, but. Well, we know Murr would do it. What about the rest of you? Would yeah. you guys do it? Uh, no. <laughs> no, never, never going to reach a moment where you're like, I, I need don't, some I cash. don't, I don't, I don't feel some cash. I'll do something else. You know what I think <laughs> I would have done? I think I would have definitely played the game with him when he's recruiting you. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like whatever, like I'll fucking play yeah, that game. You can make a few mm. thousand yeah. dollars that way, and like just keep getting as much, and then just cut my luck and be like, okay, cool, and then just leave. Yeah, but I, I would will probably say, do the oh, same oh, oh, thing. The initial one where you're just slapping him, or you're just getting slapped around. Like, <laughs> sure, for a few, for if he's throwing a few thousand dollars at me at the end of that, sure. But the rest of that, I'm not. I'm not about. Yeah, yeah. Money's not that important to me. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get asked to be on a game? Like well, that. okay, so if I was in these people's positions, though, I might feel differently. Right, Because so they that's specifically the targeted people that were in significant amount of debt. Now, if you were in that much debt, would Bronson, you have a different opinion? what are opinion? you doing? Oh, he looks like he's taking a shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Uh, shit, what was I saying? Um, they're in desperate situations. Yeah, so you have these people who are in a significant amount of debt, and if I was in that amount of debt, I it really depends. I mean, I would be probably pretty desperate to do just about anything. Like, oh, I just go on this game show and I I get however much money. You know, yeah, if it gets me out of debt, no fucking problem. So you would play the first game, like me. yeah, I probably would. And I don't know. I would have to play the game and see what kind of shot I think I had at winning. You know, that initial moment when people get gunned down, though, that's like pretty pretty rough i know that's that's a that's a trial by fire kind of thing going on there i also love how naive the the first two characters get gunned down are because they're just like yeah let's go dude come on we're playing red light green light yeah and then yeah that's you tell he like shakes him he's like come on get up like stop messing around and then he realizes (laughs) that it's like legit that they are getting shot at yeah, so these games are like designed by their creator to be children's games. Yeah, they also they also start with a large amount of people. Mm-hmm. There's like what 500 or so people. 456. Yeah. And yeah. I think it went down by like half yeah. or more after the first game. It went yeah, it went down to like 200. Oh yeah, definitely. They, so they I definitely. think it was more than half. Yeah. Yeah. So then, why children's games? Like, why do you think he chose like a child's Korean game that you would know? And like things that are kind of universal, right? Like we all know red light, green light. We all know tug of war. I think it's sort of like it's it's kind of cruel in a way, but it makes them think that they have a chance because these are games that everyone knows. I mean, everybody knows red light, green light. We all played it as a kid. Everyone knows hopscotch. And so by giving you a 
task that you are familiar with, you think you have a chance of winning. So you're more motivated to go through the games like, oh, they're just children's games. I might be able to figure this out, you know? It'd be different if it were like a convoluted original game that people don't understand. And if they got killed, it would probably feel more brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy didn't know how to play fucking red light I green mean, light what a dumbass when you're <laughs> i mean when you're making i mean when you're making something like this you want you're thinking about not only you know in terms of the narrative itself but also in terms of the audience right. so you want your audience to be able to understand what their goals are just as much as the characters need to be yeah and then like justine was saying it lures them into a false sense of security because they're like these are children's games dude easy and then when they like fuck up at them oh well, because it wasn't that easy was it Sir, they also yeah. (laughs) They really step it up to at the end when they're showing like basically the showcase game for the VIPs that isn't really a child's game. It's just straight up a dangerous game that they have to play by jumping on the planes. That one on on the glass planes reminds me of like Don't Break the Ice. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that that's the only thing I can think of for that one in particular because all the other games have some sort of historical significance. This also is when you find out that of course like absolutely everything is rigged and yeah. like the like like there's a dude who worked with glass before who's able to identify oh, that was nuts and then they changed the lighting they changed the lighting mm-hmm. to fuck with him and it's like wow this is so fucked so like i almost felt like the first half of the show was amazing and then as you get it like as it's, it's taken apart at the end you're kind of like oh but then again, that might be the feeling that they were trying to give you was like, you're, you can't win in the capitalist society, right. <laughs> like I no matter what, what you do. what this is trying to say is there's a small percentage of people that is are orchestrating right. just about everything yeah. that goes on. <laughs> and we play these games thinking we have a chance of, you know, <laughs> reaching the same level that they're at or at least making our situation better. When right. in reality, everything's rigged. You know, it's not equal opportunity. Some people have a higher platform or a head start more than others. I mean... Just think about the physical games that were going on in Squid Games. Somebody who's disabled or elderly is not going to be as sufficient at certain things that somebody who's muscular. In this case, you had the old man on that one team for the tug of war game. Right. But he knew yeah. the game. He designed the game. So he knew exactly how to get out of it, which is kind of crazy to me. Is He willingly put himself in danger for the thrill of it. Well, he could have died in that moment, <clears throat> but, you know. What, in the ev- tug of war? He wasn't even attached to the rope. We come to find out. Yeah, right. That's right. There's all these little And again, kids. it's rigged from the start. Yeah, so like <laughs> he made it seem like he was in danger, but I think he just liked the thrill of being so close yeah, to death. Exactly. Like seeing people getting killed cuz he himself was going to die at some point. So like it was like a weird twisted thing that he had done. It's kind of it's like really dark. Yeah. <laughs> that he was doing stuff like this. So Cuz he's honestly just a complete psychopath at this point. Yeah. And- that's a good segue then into how do you guys feel about the old man and his like really long con through the whole show? What I feel is as the show goes on, you're not the narrative kind of drives off, but what keeps you there is the characters because they they're very they're in hard positions, so you kind of put yourself in their shoes. But at the same time, they're very uh, likable. And so um, I was just bringing it up. Every person goes back to the games due to a different thing. Uh, essentially, like they even like foreshadow their deaths in a lot of ways. That's true. Um, yeah. Like Ali gets his uh, – he swipes money oh from God, someone dude. and gets stolen and steals his boss's money while he – 
puts his hand through a crusher. That later. episode, dude, though. So, so oh, that one man. was that one hurt because you get, like he's really one of like the only innocents. Well, there's two really interesting things that happen in that episode because you have Ali being betrayed by this man, um, the main character's Sangu. friend. Yeah, the billionaire asshole. Or whatever he is, quote, quote. quote unquote, <laughs> who's actually in significant amount of debt because that's why he's there. Yeah. Basically, like fucks him over and betrays him and misleads him to lose the game purposely so he could win. And then you have the old man who supposedly loses the game, um, and dies, but you know, he doesn't actually right. Die. He just gets removed <laughs> from the game. Right. Um. This is also so that episode in particular that you guys are talking about, like closer to the end. This is literally when like everyone's morals gets put on display like what are they mm-hmm. willing to do to win and you have the saddest ending for like three or four characters yeah and mm-hmm. it's sad for the old man because we don't know that he's been playing them right yet you you get the sense that like he's having some sort of memory problem so mm-hmm. the main character is like no you didn't win trying to use his dementia yeah, against yeah. Him. which against turns him. out he doesn't even have dementia he was just playing a character pretty much yeah. the whole time and then the old man calls him out on it and is like would you really take advantage of like an old man like that and you're just like oh fuck and like <laughs> this is so sad and then and then you really sympathize with him because you're like oh they wow even, like they even give you that part where he's like this looks like my old house and yeah. he goes to his house and you're like this is where we should play our game nothing though was sadder <laughs> for me than when the two girls are having their discussion and they don't even play a game. I no. know. They just kind of agree who's going to die. Yeah. Well, she's like, yeah, it's like, to it's going to be me. And then they like find out about each other and like how they got there. And it's like the saddest scene. Cause she's like looking right at her and then just gets shot. Like towards she's the like, end. like, thank it. you for playing with me. Right. Oh, and you're my just heart. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> hard uh, to watch that one. Uh, uh, seeing uh, the other character, uh, it's Ali. Yeah. Ali. Get, yeah him losing is heartbreaking um and then they get pushed on to the next stage and then you're just like oh this is awful like this like, is already a terrible show even you even think that the old man is dead so right. it even feels even worse and at some point we are uh shown a a husband who went in the game with his wife which i can't even yeah can you imagine having to have that conversation with your spouse <laughs> about like, who's gonna die between the two of you yeah and that's the thing in in this episode prior uh, that crazy woman got picked off, so she was like, "No one oh, wants yeah, to be she, my partner." She didn't have a partner, so she was like basically immune for that round. Dude, that was so great because they go back in and she's like so smug, like, "Yeah, I got through it." She's like, like, "There's no, guys. <laughs> there's no reason for a kid who can't have friends to die." And she basically. made it pretty far in the game. She did make know? it really far. I think I... she would have won the ice breaking game if she didn't want to exact me. vengeance. But you know, she deserved that I'm vengeance, and I'm glad she got it. This is always <laughs> great. Yeah took so, that asshole down with her that episode starts with them saying you got to be paired up and everyone's like i got to pick a strong person right. i gotta i gotta pick someone that i trust and everyone's like i want you to be with me I this want you is to be literally me. when you figure out that like man they really made it the worst possible scenario for them by like having them form bonds in the beginning and then turning them against each other for that last round mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to do it. yeah this <laughs> is where you get to the point of the ethics of the whole thing right where you're like is this even possible and i think that's what fucks with a lot of people who are watching it i think another thing that we should bring up is the entire subplot that is going on while these games are yes. evolving because this the is organ harvesting. yeah <laughs> well so there's like three things right so there's the there's the detective who's broken in and is posing as one of the like enforcers who's trying to find his brother 
who we then find out was what the leader, the guy who was leading the games, he was the, front man. the front man. The mask, the so, front man. so they were like, where's like his brother disappears. And it's because he's being the front man. He wasn't necessarily like lost, but then he figures that out. Like towards the end, there's the organ harvesting from one of the doctors to like sell on the black market. Hey, that's economic efficiency right there. <laughs> okay, Honestly. to be honest, economic though, that's efficiency. really smart plan. Yeah, it, I mean, it really on. is. <laughs> evil, evil genius level yeah, of plan. It really is. My favorite part is that all these guys, there's like a group of like four or five guys that are all in the, on this, and they like... And one of the people who's target. playing the game, who's the doctor that they probably recruited purposefully oh yeah for yeah. the organ harvesting, because no there wasn't any other doctors who were there no. except for the one player. Yeah. So why did they info. say the doctor was there? Did they ever say? No. Uh, the, uh, the doctor. The doctor um, is it playing the games with them, and they tell him what the next game is gonna no, be. No, I mean, why did oh. he go join the game in the first oh, place? They yeah, like, what they was don't, his I don't debt? think they explained yeah. that. Yeah, like was he in debt? Like was he, you know, malpractice? Like what? Yes. <laughs> I would reason? imagine malpractice, yeah. which might be why they chose him because they're like, yeah, he's a shady doctor. He'd do some organ harvesting. Yeah, for us. that's true, huh? Now this is where I got to bring up the entire like, uh, like complex of this thing. It's right. on an island. They're all drugged in SUVs and brought to here. But there are rankings between the different members of their squads. Yeah, the, the circles, the squares, and the triangles. Which are all the squid game shapes as well, which mm -hmm. I thought was really a cheeky Yeah, it's thing. what makes <laughs> up the little the, the ground. How do I explain it? The, the hierarchy. The layout yeah. of what you're playing oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but it is, yes, it is also the what hierarchy. What I like about this whole subsection is that the doctor, they don't know what the next game is at some point for the doctor. Yeah. So he gets really agitated and kills one of them <laughs> and then he escapes and everyone who's in on this, like even the camera guy, they're like, oh shit, <laughs> come to find out that it would have been, f he's not mad about the organ harvesting. He's like, this is fine, but you cheated because they gave you information about the game. Yeah. Also, you took your mask off, so you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, that was wild because you kind of get these weird rules that they're making. And this is still kind of at a point where you're like, no, they still got like a fair shot, right? Uh, and then you, you get it all kind of pulled out from under you when you realize what it's about. Ooh, there's also one more thing we forgot to mention, the lights out scene. I, I've been wanting to bring that up, actually, where everyone just goes fucking nuts and starts killing each other at night. They purposely took away food from the area so people would get agitated with each other. Mm -hmm. And so that's And then come to find out. out that if someone gets killed... Not even in the game, it still counts and their money still gets put into the pile. Because in the game, you know, when someone gets killed, their money gets added to the pile that you'll eventually this split amongst the Giant winners. fucking piggy bank. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. When uh, it all starts like this, these guys are fighting over food and the big bully guy who we love to hate, mm -hmm. like just punches a dude in the face and he lands on the concrete. I can't and believe he kills him. That's insane. They come in with the, the coffin and then you see the money go out and they're like, all right, lights out. And you're like... Wait, the money? We don't have to kill them in the game. We could just kill them. Yeah. And that's the big, like, And then, oh, bam. man, that was a really brutal scene to watch, too, especially considering, like, it's it's nighttime. It's dark. It's disorienting. People are going all over the place. People are building fortresses, building weapons out of whatever they have available to them. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. But, I mean, given the scenario, I feel like this is probable. And oh, yeah, they definitely. only end it when the the old man says to end it. Yeah, but you know, yo, he's, what a convincing <laughs> fucking actor though to be like he's terrified. The dude literally pees himself to sell it. Yeah, 
and like is com- is convincing everybody that he's just a helpless old man during the situation when he really was the one who called it off. <laughs> which is insane. Like, I know. And it's crazy to think back on that part too, because you think, Oh, maybe they're, they're actually like, oh, okay, this is enough. You know, we have some morals. We're not going to like all of you kill each other, but no, it was just cause head honcho was like, yeah. All right. Cut it off. I do have to say <laughs> though, that this might be the only time he was ever in any actual real danger. That's true. That's yeah. true. Because anybody could have offed him at that point, but he somehow figured out a way to climb up top <laughs> and like stay there. So uh, like unless there was other people in the room making sure he was safe but it's too chaotic like this may be the only time he was in danger and it could be that he just wanted that to happen like yeah. he wanted to be in that much danger that's a true gamble right so there. like he's actually he, uh, gambling with this oh life. yeah exactly and so he's kind of that's essentially what everybody's doing when they go back they're part like, of they're gambling with their lives part of the reason why i think he made it so he would be off near the marble game is because that that bridge game anyone could push anyone off true yeah he could have easily yeah died on he's that probably making too. sure also shout out to the cookie game that was nerve-wracking holy it's so shit. simple but so so that's oh. not like officially a child's game but they made it into a simple game of just like you just got to get the shape out yeah it's it will kids kids there is a name for this specific cookie. Yeah, the treat. And it's like, yeah, the treat. And um, kids usually just like kind of do their own thing with it, where it's just like, hey, try to get the thing out of it without breaking it. Ha ha. This is fun. And then they were like, if you if you break it, we shoot you. It's a lot. It's they, there you go. So, <laughs> so that's, it's, that's it's, a, it's like super nerve wracking because you have these very simple shapes and you get these very convoluted ones That's like the umbrella. Another cool, ex- well, not cool, kind of sucks. It's another example of how the, we're talking about capitalism and everything's rigged is you could get an easy shape and you're going to have much more higher chance of succeeding. Or you could choose a difficult shape and be suffering all the way through. But they don't really tell you the rules of the game. So people are just sort of picking shapes at random to start with. And yeah, then the rules of the game eventually know. get exposed and you're kind of fucked based off of your prior choices, even misinformed s- choices. Too. Even Song Woo could help out his fellow comrades, but mm-hmm. he chooses to tell him, yeah, you know what? We should all pick different shapes. You pick the umbrella. Go for it. Right. Yeah. This is the beginnings of. So this is sort of one of the subplots is that, which is also a really sad story. He like basically sells his mom's shop yeah to like pay for debts and then as they show up and they're like your son's under arrest and she's like what no he's like in business in the united states and you're just like oh my god this is awful (laughs) um but also the his interaction with his his friend his quote-unquote best friend or like childhood friend and like he's shown to be a very ruthless person right from the start Mm -hmm. whereas the main character is actually a pretty decent person all the way through i just figured it out (laughs) <laughs> I just figured something out. Figured so, it out. So, I, like I mentioned before, every character has their death foreshadowed. Uh, right. The woman puts the knife to the guy's neck for her broker to try to get him to see her brother. She gets stabbed. Uh, the the gangster guy basically gets ransacked by a bunch of goons. He jumps off a bridge. Oh, wow. He literally jumped. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was um, also a funny scene. Welcome to Korea. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking stabs the dude. But, You're like, oh, yes. But, <laughs> our main character wins the horse races. Yeah, but ends up having to sign something in blood. Wow, he At actually moment, literally wins. His mm-hmm. the blood is on his hands too. Oof. Also, Sango nice. kills himself. He tries to kill himself in a tub at some point, too. He does he? When he gets in the full suit, drinking himself with a bunch of pills on oh, the counter. Oh, that's right, he does. He's definitely trying to kill himself, and he kills himself in the game. Whack. 
but the blood is on number one's hands. Yeah. So so then I think was what were, were you gonna say something else? I know you're just starting to say something. Then oh, we get lost my train of thought. No, <laughs> then we got the fucked up quote unquote game with like the. the so then the we bridge. gotta we gotta talk about <laughs> how it sort of comes to a very like heightened end, and then it kind of like how do you feel about the ending? Was it satisfying? Like after seeing them go through all of the trouble they did in the beginning, I like the whole subplot of the VIPs coming to watch this because that's a believable subplot. Yeah, oh I yeah. Could, I could see me like some Hunger Games vibes. I could see some rich people paying a lot of money to watch humans fight each other like that to the death. Yeah, for some reason it's like it's believable, but it rubbed me the wrong way. As far as like, if if I think if you're gonna be a sick, twisted individual who wants to pay money to have people kill each other that you're just going to not, you're not going to set the rules against them. Like you kind of like, it feels for me, if I was gambling that way, the gamble is that they could escape. And that's kind of like the thrill of it, but they don't want that. They want the thrill of just seeing them get killed because they're psychopaths, because they're psychopaths. Yeah. So is, like, which is really fucked up because yeah. it's during the bridge game. And like you said, the guy who has the specialty in glass, they're like, huh, why is that guy they like figured on it his, out super fast? Like, why is that guy on his knees? Like, what's is he looking I, at the glass? Can he tell the difference? It, it's <laughs> I mean, I guess that's sort of a metaphor for people who start to win the game of capitalism. Oh, yeah. And how like governments dictates what they are allowed to make money doing. Yeah, if you, if you think tax, about it that way. <laughs> tax brackets, shit like that. Yeah, no, things like Property taxes. Property taxes is, is, yeah. which are which are ridiculous. Cause it's like I own my house, but I hey, still have to pay money yeah. for the land that I own. For the land, yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that yeah. most, uh, um, what is it, money-based like tickets and things like that are literally for the lower class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've talked about it before. I know it's kind of a s- insane when you look into it. The kind of things we're taxed for, and the kind of things that when you're wealthier, you can write off in your taxes. Like, you would think a large investment, like a boat or something like that, would definitely be taxed up the ass. But they write those off in their taxes. They don't get taxed for that shit. But we would. Yeah. We would. But that's a good point that they're the way that they've created the game is a direct like intervention that you might see in real life, which is the government being like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't make that. It's much like money. in a metaphor sort yeah. of sort of way is. What and we're it's directly at. related to what's going on in Korea during that time period, even now that it's sort of like going through an economic crisis which is mm-hmm. really creating disparity between the really rich yeah, and the poor. There, and there's becoming an increasingly stark contrast between the rich and the poor. They symbolize this with them being the last three characters. They get suited up. They get suits and they get to have a nice fancy meal before Man. their last game. Yeah, literally their last meal, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and then, but, but the ending to me falls flat. Oh, I agree. Like, I don't know yeah. if if it was just because you had such an epic intro into it or like I personally didn't it, like the ending. It's him and his friend fighting each other, right? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's the three. Well, actually, the, the girl dies at dinner. Right. Doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. She ends up getting stabbed because even then you could be offed. Yeah. But the last game is the game that they introduced the the whole series with this actual squid game is what it was. And I'm still a little unfamiliar about the rules exactly, but. Yeah, There's he ends up offense, fighting his best defense. friend in the end. Oh, she doesn't get stabbed. Maybe. She gets glass because of the, oh. the way those things explode. That's right. And she gets a glass shard in her side. What a oh, cool yeah. shot, too. Yeah, that was insane. That slow-mo just... <laughs> what, were you, what were you checking? So, so, so the actual 
Squid Game itself. Yeah. Usually played with teams, probably about four people. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why this one is so boring, is because there isn't like four people, people doing it. Yeah, that. exactly. And yeah. like both, each team represents a different house. You have one that's on the upper circular section. It's because it kind of looks like a squid head. Yeah. A little bit. So you have two in like the upper section, and then you have the team on the bottom. And it's the idea is the upper house is the offensive team and they're trying to get past the lower house mm-hmm. and get out of the the situation and the other team is supposed to keep them in that's their so box. symbolic too about the game between mm-hmm. certain classes and how they're trying to move from one section to another but they're constantly being opposed by the other side yeah that's true also the so the main character he wins goes leaves he ends up not using any of the money yeah he doesn't spend any of his money for about a year dyes his hair red though <laughs> random as yeah. fuck to me yeah honestly. i mean it's just it's just kind of i i it's just really lackluster because you're sort of like well think about it yeah. he gets out of the game and now he has nothing really to use his money for his mother died while he was yeah. at the game his also daughter really sad because he goes yeah. back to the apartment and she's and still there. Her. She's still there. Nobody notices that his mom has been dead in her apartment for who knows how long he's been gone. Oh, and yeah. then you have his daughter, who he was trying to get the money for in the first place, gone. moves to the United States with her mother and her stepfather. He yeah. has pretty much nothing to really work for anymore. He's nothing well, to look forward to. He is the umbrella man. Mm-hmm. He always forgets his umbrella wherever he goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see this when he see, get, asks money from the step-parents. He chooses the umbrella... Uh, in the the cookie game and now it's raining he has a suit on but he doesn't feel happy because he doesn't have an umbrella still. right ding <laughs> uh i do like the idea of him going to like try to dismantle the games because they're obviously going to continue like they're going to keep these games going because all the vips are pretty much fine except for maybe the one dude who got tied up but like other than that they're not any in any real danger so they're like yeah we'll keep the games going so he wants to do something about it yeah, what I didn't like is bringing back the old man, um, man. as the mastermind. That really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, I don't get why you would bring him back just to see him want. So, okay, I keep saying I don't get why, but I do get it. They want to make you feel helpless while you're watching it, which is that like yeah. you get to see him die peacefully after all the terrible shit that he's done. But it didn't make sense for me why he just let it happen. Like, if I saw this dude again, that guy's getting strangled in his fucking bed. Like, what is this shit? Or is he a representation of the old generation being able to just cruise on through all the shit that everyone else has to deal with? You're not wrong. They even bet on a game on a drunk guy's life. Yeah. They're cruising through on their old ideologies and expectations for what the rest of the world is. Because you have this moment where he's looking outside and there's a man who's passed out in the snow and if he yeah. stays out there too long he could die and he says i bet you in the next like 15 minutes or so no one's gonna come to help him so then i want to ask you guys how is this relevant now like why was it so popular during the pandemic during our in the united states specifically like we're basically going through a crisis e- economic troubles yeah. that breed a lot of competition in this job market at the moment toppled with people sitting at home and being aggravated the same type of isolation that is ish yeah uh and i think it's those three factors as well as political discontent yeah yep. that's that's totally a thing oh, yeah. and that's been ramping up the last like five years or so and that's why it's popular there's a lot of people that are pissed mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like 
perfect recipe for success for something like this. Yeah. If someone were to make this a real thing right now, you would have a lot of people and, signing up. And oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the dark, I think it's I'm one of the darker Do one parts. for college students in, in debt. Oh, you want to know I'm something I... wild? Uh, there's this uh, studio that I work at, and the owner of the studio was telling me that they spent up until about their 50s paying off their student loan debt. Yeah, it takes a while, like mm-hmm. a long time. Um, just be, especially if you don't get a well-paying job. Mm-hmm. And if you were, if you had the option between suffering in debt for the next couple decades or playing a game for a few weeks and winning a whole bunch of money, I mean, a lot of people would probably go to the game. Well, yeah. What were you gonna say, Mitch? I forgot. <laughs> oh dang! I'm sorry. Um, well, so there's also the thing of like the running joke of all students in college is like, man, I hope this bus just hits me so I can <laughs> fucking pay for my college debt, which is already dark in itself. And so it's like relevant. Uh, I think that this is also popular. This series was also popular because I think it kind of transcends the right versus left sort of thing, because you'll see similarities on both of those sides of what they like to complain about. Oh, fair. You know yeah. what I mean? There's like there's like mistrust of government <laughs> heavily rampant on both sides of it. Yeah. Hence why I think that having an organization or making a group of like wealthy people like the evil. I love that they made the American evil elites VIP people like the most disgusting people you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. I like how like three or four of them are Americans. Yeah. And there's a couple others from different countries. Just hamming it up. They love yeah. those roles. Like oh, yeah. getting oh, yeah. to be like cynical. They're, they're, I just get to sit around naked yeah. just displaying oh, all man. of me and all the time. Sweet. The, the fucking detective dude goes undercover as one of the like God. drink boys for great. the VIPs. And then one of them tries to take him to the back, if you know what I mean. You can, <laughs> Where he proceeds to. <laughs> if you can satisfy me in five minutes, I'll change your life. That's kid. what he says. Yeah. It's so gross. Oh, it's so gross. Yuck. Proceeds to get pistol whipped. Yeah. God, that was funny. He hit him so fucking hard. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to bring this up. What do, do you want to see in season two then? Season two. I want to see more of an explanation of the hierarchy system that goes on mm. within the games and how they choose those yeah. people in particular. Because I had a theory. you get hired for that? Yeah, I had a theory about some of the roles and positions because it's clear there's a hierarchy and some people are probably just as vulnerable as the people in the games given their jobs and the rules that they have set in place. So I had this theory that what if the lowest class is like people who were imprisoned? Ooh. And they would get time off of their sentence if they go to work this particular job. Right. That's not bad. Oh, that's a good one. I like um, that. I would say that that is pretty plausible, but at the same time, there were teenagers there. Yeah, exactly. So it's like super kind of weird to have. I mean, they could do a juvie thing too. Yeah, juvie exists everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just different versions of the squid. Do I want to see another season of Squid Game? No. Yeah, honestly. But also, I like these. I like these. I like these ideas, but I don't want to see another one. I kind of want it. A just like absolutely desolate like bad ending for him like i wanted him to like be living in absolute squalor with all of this money knowing he can't spend it and like he just does nothing about it i would have loved that too. because that would have just been like the crushing final blow for this character is that even though he's won all of this money it's useless because you can't buy your happiness so it's like that would have been like the especially terrible ending for our already like horrific show but like having them go to do something about it is also on the other side this hopeful thing and of course it gives people hope of doing changing your situation which you probably won't 
but it's still like it'll draw you in. So it's kind of good either way. It's just I didn't like that ending. Mm. It feels like we're probably going to see the main character be the role of the cop in the next season. Uh, right. Infiltrating or trying to get people to see that yeah, what is going on. Yeah, because he can't on. join it again, no. right? I mean, he could. Or could he? Or, oh. oh. Or he starts his own. Yo, okay. <laughs> then there's a whole different angle. A returning champion, maybe the first time, kind of like in Battle Royale. My guess is that he will try to join again, but he'll pay people to go with him. Mm. Like, he's got all the money, right? So he's like, I need people to come with me to, like, break up whatever's going on. And, like, so he'll hire, like, that's, military dudes or something. That's a pretty good angle, To actually. go with him and disrupt their game. That's cool. That could also work. Also, they're probably going to change up the games. Yeah, they're of course, they're going to change up the games. <laughs> for, um, we are getting a season two, unfortunately. Yeah, it is getting made, <laughs> just whether or not um, we like it or not. I also, I also think that the, the really hot police officer is coming back. I don't think he's dead. Well, I after hope getting, so. What was the final scene with him? Wh- well, what, what he gets shot by his brother on that one island that he escaped to. Oh, remember, shit. he tried oh, to does, swim away. Doesn't he fall off into the water? He falls off into yeah. the water. Also, but I have yeah. this rule that if I don't see a person actually dead on film, yeah. they're not dead. This is real, though. People do yeah. this all the time. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's kind of hilarious that they both shoot each other in the shoulder. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a quick draw. Uh, uh, so then... We're kind of getting closer to the end of it. Do you guys have any sort of favorite scenes? Like things that you're like, wow, that was done especially well. I definitely have a favorite episode. And it's probably the one where they do the don't break the glass game. Yeah. Because I feel like you get a much broader perspective of what this game is exactly. Because the VIPs are sort of introduced towards the end of the previous episode. But in this episode, you really get to see them in their full-fledged glory. (laughs) Um, and they, just realize oh. exactly how fucked up this thing has been from the start. They also have that heartbreaking scene where they're just like, son, I've been last at everything I've done. I've never been picked first. Please let me take the first vest to go first. And he first. really saved him in that moment because if he had gone first, he, really he probably would have died. Yeah, yeah you want to go like close to the end for that, if not the last. <laughs> what? A, yeah, that's, that's a good scene, though. Yeah, that whole setup, that whole game was really... Uh, uh. Not to mention but that also, the show. Go also, ahead. sorry, the aspect of the the vengeance playing out with the one yes. crazy chick mm. and the guy we love to hate. Yeah, that was great. Where too. she just bear hugs him. He's like, I told you, I would kill you if you betrayed me. Mm-hmm. And she she followed through with it, and I was really it was really satisfying. <laughs> oh, that was to great. See. I love that. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say that the the show itself kind of manipulates you as you're watching it. Like, you start, like, plotting, like, figuring out ways that you could win at this game or any of the games. Like, you start guessing what's the next game. What could it be? Like, mm-hmm. how could I win? And then you kind of get your own morals tested while you're watching it of, like, would you do something like this? Would you push somebody into the glass, like, to win however much money? And that's kind of, I think, the intrigue of most of the show is that they wanted to see what people would do. And in a sense, we're all the VIPs. We get to watch these people do yeah. all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's kind they of a, place you in a, a terrible situation. It's ironic. Of, okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> ironic. You end up watching it, and like you can't really do anything about it. Um, but then you consider whether or not you would do some of these things, and that's sort of like the appeal of it, right? It's like your Battle Royale-esque like kind of thing, your Belco experiment. Then what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene, um, although I did really like uh, uh, the woman taking her revenge, um, I think that... Uh, the scene where the lights go out is really intense, and I don't think I've seen anything quite like it. 
It's very primal. Yeah, like you end up tapping into some stuff where people are like, holy shit, like just all of it is breaking loose. Um, the other bit I liked was seeing the investigative part from the police officer. So when he first gets onto the island, like he gets into the boat and things like that, there's a really tense moment where the guy comes up to him and he's like, what are you doing? And he like talks to him and he's like, you know the rules, you can't talk. And he was like, I'm like, oh, fuck. And like, you think he's going to get caught. And then he's like, whatever, just get back up to your room. And then he has to stay there in his room the whole time. So I really liked the subplot to it. But I did I did like that first shot when he gets on to the, onto the boat. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, I have two favorite scenes. My first one is when uh, they're basically getting teams for tug of war. And they realize that they have like a good amount of women and old, an old man on their team. But he was like, I played tug of war a lot. Yeah. And he was like, check it out. We're going to be, it. we're going to be crisscross like this. We're going to have this and we're going to have Ollie as the anchor. And I was like, yo, that's my boy right there. And then, so they go and they just hold this stall. That is so fucking cool to look at. Cause they do a 360 view around this stage. Right. And it's just like, they're not moving. They're not budging at all. They like have the form down instead of just, pulling rigorously and then win because they let the other group fall yeah they go forward yeah which is a real strategy that people use in tug of war i think mitch weren't you looking up stuff about how about old tug, tug of war is tug of war is really old like <laughs> ancient egypt greece like that that old nice yeah um, um but yeah my second favorite scene is the entire exchange with the two girls in the marble game. Yeah, terrible. How they just talk about their past and talk about why they're playing it. And the girl's just like, I'm just doing it because I had nothing else to do. Wow. Just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, basically just the entire scene where they're like, all right, we're going to play our game. And she sacrifices herself yeah. because she feels for the other girl. And the I can't get that video out of my mind where she gets capped and says thank you for playing with yeah me. really though it like hurts my heart to think about it it's probably the scene that got most of everyone to be actually crying or very close to be like oh my god oh, you actually crying. care about all of these characters <laughs> mm-hmm. that's true yeah i liked the marble episode the best just because the marble game is the most complex of all of the games that they play so there's like a hundred different rules for how marbles work. Well, they say you can make up any game you want yep. to win the marbles and to bet with them. So they come up with a lot of stuff. Like even the bully, like the big ass dude, they like come up with this game where they have to toss the marble into a little like hole in the ground, which is extremely difficult. I don't know why you would do something like that. And then somehow wins. And then, Oh, actually no, he, he loses that game, right? He's about to lose, but he hits the oh, other right. guy's marble out of the area. Yeah. That guy was about, he was like, oh, I'm going to win, boss. And he's like, boom, hits his marble out of there. Yeah. And he's fucked. Oh, man. That, so those are all, there's a lot of stuff, actually, I think. Yeah. No, but I mean, just because all the other games are, there is no really, like there's maybe the cookie one is a little bit creative in how you get around that. But the other ones, it's all, you know, check what you're doing or not. I don't know. It's very, it, they're very simple, straightforward. Yeah, I get you. You guys have a rating for the Squid Game TV series on Netflix? Hmm. <laughs> I give it a 9.5. Oh, I honestly thought that this show was really, really well done and really detailed and deep. And I, I take the little 0.5 off just because I felt the ending was a little unsatisfying. Um, but... I assume that that was purposeful to sort of leave you wanting more. So when the second season comes out, you know, you get your resolutions. I I love this. 
I'm going to go with a nine. Uh, I docked the point for the ending as well. Uh, they could have wrapped it up, but I know that they it's we're in the era of sequels. I got to give points to the sound design and the production of the stages. Uh, all handmade. Yeah, all, like, stuff I can't that's imagine really there. how much work that was. Um, that yeah. was another thing, too. Sorry, I wanted to mention is the staircase. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought that was a really clever aspect of the design to the place because it's very colorful, very whimsical, but it's also impossible to get through unless you know you're, you're with going, someone yeah. who knows the layout. And so it's perfect for keeping prisoners because if you try to escape, you're not going to be able to get out of the stairwell. Yeah. Big ops to the revolving staircase that looks like a fucking old school painting that I can't name. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know the one. But also, you have really good characters. You really feel for these people. So when they die or they succeed, you you feel it in in, in your body, in your heart. Thanks what do you think, mm. Mitch? <laughs> Thanks for playing with me. <laughs> there are some touching moments in Squid Game, like some touching heartstring pulling moments but like that ending was pretty lackluster and i just kind of like i think that the lacks the last two episodes of the series just kind of had me not really caring as much about anything that was going on because i don't know they, they killed a lot of the more interesting people in the show very early on too at least i think so mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm giving it a 7.5 because it was very okay as a series in my opinion very okay wow. he's like yo this was mid as fuck yeah yo, yeah <laughs> mid not like terrible but for but for me it's just kind of i don't know there, there's some stuff that hits and some stuff that just falls flat was it for me. was it overhyped oh hell yeah mm. Mm. i, I want to give it like an 8.5 like a nine because there are a lot of great layers to it. But this is my own personal preference. I don't think the show is bad. And I think the ending makes sense for where they were going as far as making a new one. Um, I just, I didn't like it because that's not what I wanted. And so it's like personal rating ends up coming out a little different. Um, of course, the show is amazing because it's like, I haven't been that drawn into a show since I watched like a few other things. What were you going to say? Well, I mean, it's it's not it, it does a good job of drawing you in and getting you interested, but I think that a lot of that meat gets killed off literally and also yeah. figuratively like early on in the series. Yeah. I mean, so it's just kind of like those last like that last third of the series is just kind of weak and it's like they did a lot of really good build up to just kind of like They had to tie it up and they they kind of uh abandoned some things like very quickly like, and like stuck a- to just that main plot. Like a sad hand job, you know, it just ends, that ends too late. You know, she's just like, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> just let's go. Ah, uh, yes. Mitch's official rating of the film, a sad, sad hand, hand job. job. I got to I gotta get so my point of view. Funny. Oh, it's Murr's point of view. Point of I view. mean, they do have a sex scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on a toilet. There, and there she's is... smoking a cigarette. That's badass, That's right. Dude. That's right. No, That's it's badass. No, no. Like... Believable. Actually, a believable sex scene. Not going to yeah. lie. Watching it, I was like, yeah, this actually looks like. Wait, the... can we also talk about how she smuggled a pack of cigarettes in a lighter? In, in her cooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, that's pretty great. Those pretty oh, great. I was like, what is going on? What is she going to have? Oh, it's cigarettes. I thought she was going to have, like, drugs. I, know, <laughs> I, I thought, thought actual drugs. Literally. I thought she was going to have a weapon. Oh, that's Ooh. true. It could have been a knife. 
Um, also, the painting you're talking about, I looked it up. It's Relativity, and it's by M.C. Escher. Okay. Which is, is interesting because that painting was made because it was intended to show that everybody has a different perspective on the same thing. Everything is relative to where you're at, which is makes complete sense for the show because they all got there for their own reasons. Shit. So Shit. it is a nice metaphorical touch to so to create the M.C. Escher painting in Big real life. to the set design on that one. Yeah, that must have been like Big a really props. good set designer. How much fun would that have been to construct that set? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Holy shit. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Grab your coats. We're going to walk on out. We Back are bringing down the Grindhouse podcast to discuss horror and media. Real quick, we'd like to just mention the new things that we have. We have our Discord, which is available in our link tree, as well as our uh, Patreon, which you could donate $2 a month to get access to all our bonus content. We just released our first episode of Sci-Fi Corner last week, so make sure to check out that. We talked about Halo. Uh, also, we are beginning to twi- uh, stream on Twitch. Yeah. So yeah. That link is also in there. Jonathan also has his own personal link for Twitch streaming. I do. I'll link it out. And we'll link it out in the link tree. Everything that we have is on our link tree. Yeah, which literally. Which is everywhere. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, make sure to rate us and uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts as well as follow us on Spotify to get notified when new episodes drop. Also, if you join the Discord, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can actually hang out with us. Yeah, you can hang out with yeah. us. You can actually discuss. And y'all are in the chat pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're in the chat. We get oh, my voice cracked. <laughs> I like to chat in the voice chat. Um, <laughs> you like to chat in the voice chat? Yeah, that was great. I sounded like a phone book. You can join the, the actual voice chat where we're all hanging out. Hell yeah. And we'll be recording some segments on there for Twitch streaming, which is always great. Um, also, make sure to follow our socials, the Facebooks, the Twitters and the Instagrams. Make sure to follow and get updated when new stuff comes out, as well as things that we're working on. And then t- check out our cheese screen where we have merch where you can support us financially by uh, picking up something to let us know that you love us. And that's pretty much it. Linktree, it's fucking awesome. Sponsor us, Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reached out to Bluetooth to see if they would sponsor us. Ooh. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> I sent them an email. Real? Is this real? Yeah. Oh, this is hilarious. No, oh. I sent them an email with like Thank all of our stats and stuff like that. To be like, hey, can we like get a partnership, sponsorship, something? Yeah, sponsorship. Like, <laughs> give us a link. Like, yeah, give us a link. Spooky boners coming soon. Spooky <laughs> boner. All right. Mitch, you got to do the outro. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. Woo!